0: Hey, that's a great word that has uh, slipped out of the nomenclature. The word is uh, properly applied. Uh, and when it is properly applied, it's just a beautiful word. Wicked. Wicked. I mean, I've always wanted to, to say uh, uh, this, the line that I once heard uh, uh, Edward Arnold say. Was uh, You remember Edward Arnold, the actor? He was always talking like this. He was always saying, no... No newspaper man is going to marry a daughter of mine. And, uh, you know, it was a of Lombard. And there was always a newspaper man named Blackie, played by uh, Clark Gable. And uh, so one night he said, uh, <laughs> I was watching the old, old movie, you know, and uh, here comes Edward Arnold, all dressed up in this. He always wore these black suits. He always looked like he had just come from a board meeting, you know, with a stiff white shirt. Uh, elegant actor. And uh, he said, uh, the following line. Amanta, you are a wicked woman. Uh, gee, that's a great phrase. I wish I could see. And he said it with an absolute straight face, and it fit. Amanta, you are a wicked woman. Uh, and there's only one other actor I've ever seen use the word mendacity the way it should be used. I mean, that's a great word, too, mendacity. Uh, who? Well, I'll, I'll give you a clue. Uh, he's still around. He doesn't do that much acting anymore, but uh, he was in a Broadway play when he said it. You you know, you have to be a devotee of the theatrical arts to have heard this one. Uh, He said, uh, walking to the apron of the stage and looking out over the audience, he said, Mendacity, boy. Mendacity, boy. That's what it's all about. Mendacity. Great phrase. I said, you know, that, that redeemed the whole play, which up to that point had been a mess of pottage. Which is another great phrase, a mess of pottage. Have you ever had any pottage recently? You know, the term a mess of pottage. That's a that's a nice dish, uh, a little pottage. i never heard anybody. Uh, how long it been since you've had a decent uh, bowl of curds and whey? It's been some time. You know, you can get it here, here in town if you... If, uh, <laughs> and you wash it down with a little, uh, a little mead, maybe, and uh, you have, have a nice rounded dinner. Uh, maybe if you're really going to go out in that field, you're really going to have an elegant evening. You have, uh, you have uh, a nightingale's tongues. You know that this was a great medieval dish among the uh, royalty of the time. Of course, the people of the day were eating cake. To uh, use a a great Dickensian phrase, let him eat cake. Well, uh, (laughs) well, you know, uh, I'm sorry if I'm bringing all these literate things here into your life. It just shouldn't be. Uh, Let's face it, uh, mass media uh, is uh, basically designed to uh, not bring anything into people's lives. It's designed really basically to provide a kind of oral popcorn. Now, when you go to a show and you eat the popcorn, you're not there for nutriments, are you? I mean, you're not going to sit there and say, you know, this popcorn just filled with vitamin B12. And not only that, it provides all the basic requirements of the average adult uh, daily requirements of niacin. No way. I mean, you just sit there and you stuff it and you trap. It's in the same general category with free toes, uh, <laughs> various other trap stuffers. And so would you please give me a little romantic music, James, to salute? Uh, yes. Tonight we'd like to take that opportunity to salute the popcorn in our lives, which rarely gets recognized for what it is. It can be oral. It can be visual. It can be political. It can be actual popcorn. But nevertheless, it's all popcorn, a little salt, a little butter on it, and you sit there and you stuff your trap with it. And you don't remember last week's popcorn, of course. And it's not designed to be remembered. Who remembers last week's newspapers? Who remembers last week's unforgettable movie? As Clive Barnes would put it, unforgettable experience in the cinema. And it's hard to remember them. But that's also part of the popcorn world. Everything is described as unforgettable, stirring, thrilling, an epic of our time that speaks of the hopes and the fears of every man as he struggles through the 20th century a veil of tears. And so we now salute popcorn in all of its forms. We sure need it. It's a romantic concept, popcorn, when you basically think. Jim, that's very good. That's lovely. You're playing well today. You've got your guitar tuned. It's nice. What, what do you think? Uh, I don't think television is a wasteland. I do not. I think television is oral, mental, visual, and artistic popcorn. And it just goes on hour after hour, century after century, eon after eon. 18. We exchange myths and dreams as we walk towards oblivion. Some walk, some crawl, some run, some lope, some struggle against the wind to try to go the other way. But it gets us all in the end. As Stan Lomax said, we must consider what the what the wages of sin are, friends. And we are all sinners. You never thought you'd get this, did you? Tuning into this friendly reliable station that spends most of its time interviewing ladies who've written a book on painting cats on velvet. Interviewing angry doctors that are talking about the pollution of rare forms of toothpaste which they've written a book on. And they're alerting the nation to the danger. Yes, that's called medical popcorn. On that, don't think there isn't medical popcorn. A laboratory just announced that the findings produced by their extensive 24-year tests have proven conclusively that if owls are ingested with and injected with over 17,000 cubic centimeters of pulverized rubber, they will develop hypoglandia. Which, of course, proves conclusively that there's another danger lurking out there. We're just like the natives of any given... An unlettered tribe in the far reaches of Peru. I know a little about those tribes firsthand. And they, they have a world that is totally peopled. It's overpopulated, in fact, with lurking dangers. Oh, yes. All in their mind. they are howling evil spirits. And once in a while, one topples over from old age, and they think that the howling evil spirit got him. One of the howling... Three thousand nine hundred and forty two no enabled spirits. Singing pretty good. So bring that up, please, Little Jim. Sweep them aside with beauty. And so tonight, this majestic avenue of human communication, this outlet of thoughts and dreams and myths, hopes and desires, chicanery, and the constant reiterated theme of merchandising. And by the way, that's a very romantic concept, too. Bring it up this, that's called material popcorn, how many things do you have in your life that you have absolutely no total use, no use for, any kind, but you had to have it when you got it, you know, that automatic bottle opener, that decorator colored transistor solid state, (laughs) oh well, oh well, why go on, why go on. So this avenue of communication in the human field of endeavors takes this opportunity to salute popcorn because we need popcorn. Oh, yes, it's one of the most necessary and, incidentally, one of the most human of all failings. The innate desire to somehow keep something moving. It's never been recorded that bears or squirrels or turtles sit around and eat Frito-Lays while contemplating their navel. No way. It remains for man to have a desire beyond... Do you know that the motion picture theaters of America earn far more money selling popcorn than they do tickets to the... That's true. There must be at least a 12,000% profit in popcorn. 12,000... 12 million are also the essence of popcorn of all kinds, of all types. Insensible profits, profits that just don't stop. A romantic concept too, to travel on the great Spanish Main, searching for buried treasure. talking about this composer in fact see there's different kinds of popcorn I might add to different grades never thought of it that way either I mean there's the pompous popcorn and then there's the simple joyous unfettered popcorn that's the comic book version but popcorn nevertheless I wonder how a guy gets to the point where he wears a Brooks Brothers suit and he has a he has a $14 shirt and a $34 tie and he walks in and buys a a copy of Superman comics (laughs) and walks out with a serious look on his face (laughs) and then he reads it on the eight twelve back to New Haven oh well popcorn thank you thank you Jim that was very nice speaking of popcorn this is WOR New York and uh, would you lay another little bit of the butter on them there please yeah the butter's coming your way. You gotta provide the salt, buddy. Someday you'll own. Someday you'll own. Oh, someday I say. Sooner, sooner or later. later you own generals. Yeah, yeah. Well, with so many new kinds of jazzy tires coming out. Maybe you're puzzled, as you often are in this world, about making the right choice. Well, here's a solution. It's your general tire specialist. You just gawk in there and ask him what he would recommend in the way of tires. To guess what he'll recommend, but nevertheless, your general tire specialist is one reason why sooner or later you'll own generals. Phil McCarkey is the big man at the general tire at Gertz Car Center in Jamaica, Queens. I'm using the native or later, Jamaica you'll own generals, yeah, yeah. Ho, ho. Sooner or later, I say, you'll own generals, ho, ho, ho. yeah. Sing it again.
1: Uh, If you're a man caught in the middle-income squeeze, this is a straightforward, no-nonsense pitch for your business. If Gramercy Park didn't have the kind of clothes you'd wear at the prices you can still afford to pay, Gramercy Park wouldn't spend this money advertising to you. You've got to understand that just because Gramercy Park sells suits, coats, and slacks from a factory loft building, that doesn't mean you can't get the kind of clothes you're used to. We're selling a lot of clothing, to a lot of middle-income men caught in the same money squeeze you are. So unless you've solved the problem of inflation all by yourself, let Gramercy Park show you better-looking clothes than you thought you could buy at these prices. There's no obligation, and credit cards are okay. Gramercy Park is open to 7, Saturday to 6, and on Sunday from 10 to 5. The address is 61 West 23rd Street, New York
0: oh yeah, it was very nice. That was a commercial from the Gramercy Park people, as if you didn't know. Uh, and they'll be open tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow. Ah, and tonight him into the vast maw of oblivion. You like little Shakespeare, don't you? This hour, that's not bad. I, I'm, I'm a my, my particular uh, interest, of course, is in Iago. Uh, you know who he was, don't you? Of course, sneaky. Oh, bad news. I mean, uh, I have a few <laughs> oh yeah. Well, Iago, see, was the, the thing about Iago was that he came up smelling like roses. See, that's the essence of true Iagoism. Uh, you, you lead the boss into trouble, and then you spill the beans on him, and then after that, you proclaim your innocence, and you wind up a hero. That's called the Iagoism. Reminds you of John W. Dean, doesn't it? <laughs> a classic Iago. <laughs> he really is. You know, he's even, he's even got that, that little uh, kind of hawk-faced look that all Iagos have. Uh, speaking of, uh, of hawk-faced, let's get on with a. Uh, you want to be a dynamic person, of course, and uh, any dynamic person of our time has to read the New York Times. I mean, it's a prerequisite, or at least carry it around with you. I mean, that's important. Get it delivered, even though if you sneak in underneath the counter, the Chelsea shopping news, which you actually read. But uh, you want to be seen with the Times. I happen to be a real Times freak. I love it. I've felt for years that there wouldn't be a New York if there wasn't the Times. New York is was created by the Times. <laughs> it really is. If, 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 if there wasn't the New York Times, there'd just be a lot of people sitting around living among the used car lots, you know. But uh, nevertheless, a lot of new people will be arriving in Washington soon to uh, serve in the new Congress. Well, they're not actually new people. I guess most of them are over four or five years old at least. So They're not that new. But one of the first things you'll learn is what you'll find out in Sunday's New York Times mag, how congressmen build little empires by building huge staff. Sounds like a few editors I know over at the Times. As, <laughs> I'm sorry, Times. Got to face the facts. As Sunday's Times reveals, there are 16,000 people on the congressional payroll right now. You know, that isn't many, though, when you think about it. Seriously, it sounds like a lot to you. But this is governing a country of, uh, well, almost a quarter of a billion now. 16,000, that's nothing, kids. Listen, there are some countries where three out of every four people are on the government payroll. So come on, we ain't doing so bad, even though the Times wants to scare the hell out of you. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, the New York Times Magazine is a zinger this week. And uh, make sure you have the Times first thing every Sunday. You call MU70700 and find out about the Times' home delivery. That's area code 212 at famous code MU70700. It's the same code that James Bond had. The New York Times... A sneaky, undercover, underground newspaper. Speaking of uh, very popular papers of our time, and speaking of popcorn. The current issue of TV Guide magazine talks to a quarterback-turned-announcer who's now an announcer-turned-actor. Not too many years ago, Don Meredith led the Dallas Cowboys. He quit. More recently, he provided color and traded verbal long bombs with Humble Howard on Monday Night Football. He quit. Don't miss this lively conversation with a good old boy about his many careers. This week, TV Guide profiles an extraordinary woman who combines the psychological force of an atom smasher and the delicacy of a snowflake. A look at Sophia Loren, a woman at odds with her sex goddess image. The cover story this week in TV Guide, America's biggest selling magazine. TV Guide, on sale everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of popcorn, yes. Uh, (laughs) I wonder who it is who decides somebody's a sex goddess image. What's the difference between a sex goddess and a sex goddess image? Image obviously states the fact that there isn't really a sex goddess there, and we've just created an image. Well, uh, I don't know. You know, I know a little short, fat girl that works down at the H and H on Forty Seventh Street that is a true sex goddess. Now she ain't no image, so I don't get into that. But <laughs> oh well, sickening scene, isn't it, friends? But uh, have you noticed that all sex goddesses are constantly at odds with their image? Oh, yeah, they're always protesting it. That's right. Yeah, yeah Well, of course, uh, uh, on the other hand, is Shepherd a, a dynamic, intellectual, satirical image? <laughs> That's right. I got Shepherd's at odds with his image. Shepard's actually a slob that walks around eating Big Macs. That's the real Shepherd. Inside, read it. In this week's TV Guide, let's see, we have uh, TV Guide Monarch. Oh, yes, uh, speaking of. Uh, Images. How's your driving image, buddy, if you've been bending grills? Here, you may want to know about this. Monarch Brokerage Limited, representing Countrywide Insurance Company of New York, announces no-fault rates if you're single between the ages of 18 and 25 and driving at least a year. Now, uh, here are some of the rates. They're zingers, really. Queens, $194. Manhattan, $217. Well, I know guys that pay that for just one bumper guard in New York. for insurance. That's fantastic. So if you'd like to find out about it, call Monarch, area code 212, and the number is 961-6333. And uh, that includes Ed Discount. Ed Discount, what does that mean? So somebody named Ed around this town He gets a discount on everything? I knew a guy that was uh, named Ed that had had a connection for every damn thing you wanted. Just pick up the phone, call Big Ed, and you were in, man. Of course, one day <laughs> I don't want to get into that. But uh, nevertheless, the savings will may be available to any driver, regardless of age or record. Call tomorrow nine six one six three three three. They're open from ten a.m. to nine p.m. And once more, wait a minute, just let me check here, make sure I got all the. Yeah, here, let's get the let's get the music going. All right, let's go. <laughs> That's all. This is great. The all new 104th edition of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, the greatest show on earth. This is the only circus of the of the Circus. is coming to the Nassau Coliseum for 23 big performances from Wednesday, November 6th through Sunday, November 17th. And this year, for the first time ever, you can charge your circus tickets by phone to your Bank of America, American Express, or Master Charge. Operators are standing by to take your order and mail out your tickets immediately. So call this number now for best seats of the greatest show on earth. 516 area code 794 9400. That's 794-9400. Oh! <laughs> ah, that proved a lot, doesn't it? Shepard can do it, too, just like all those other blabbermouths on the other radio stations. I don't know. You get, uh, It's what you, what you get, friends, when you get three minutes of copy and you say 45 seconds, you're going to get it like that. I don't make the news. Let me report it. Shepherd's Recurrent Theme. Now, uh, on the uh, subject, however, of circuses. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to get into that. That gets philosophical. I mean, have you ever considered life itself as an ultimate circus? That's what life is, friends. It's not a matter of you considering it that. It is that. Right, three three, three rings? Three rings? What are you talking about? How many people on, the, on this earth today? There's probably seven billion people on the earth. Well, it's a seven billion ring circus. No, actually, it's a three ring circus. And uh, the real stars are right there in the center ring. Oh, they're jumping up and down. They're swinging on those ropes, hollering, blowing horns. <laughs> the animals and the tigers and the lions are over there on the uh, the circus over there to the right, the left there. And where's your ring, friend? Do you consider yourself one of the tigers in the Circus of Life? One of the trained... Uh, perch around horses in the Circus of Life? Somebody always riding on your back, hitting your behind with a whip, and going whoop, whoop, you know? Is that, is that the way you live? Yes, it is, as a matter of fact. Okay. <laughs> well, then you'll need a little grandeur in your life. Let's get these commercials out of the way. This is a grandeur commercial. Les Champs. Les Champs. Les Champs is on the... Hey, I dropped it. Would you bring it up in there? Yeah, it, I knocked it off there. It went down on the great big uh, thing here. And so while we're getting the Le Champs commercial, you have Grand Union up? The Grand Union, it's on the floor. On the floor. Oh, no, no, here it is. Okay, let's go. One, two, three. This is a great little musical. Can't you see Charles Nelson Riley there dancing around in the notions department? prices are here. Yeah, there he goes.
1: Colored arrows make them clear. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that. The chorus line is fantastic. Dancing around, they're all dressed like frozen chickens. Mark prices this way. Oh, uh, he's down well, on his knees he's now. He's going to sing, Mammy. Every, every day. Every day. Grand Union. Grand Union. Things. Grand, grand union. union. Yes, uh, all victims this week, a Our grand, grand buy. Oh, wait, let him sing. Come on, I don't we like get me in me in front the sign guy's me big, big moment it's in the theater. Grand Union. The ball no, grand, grand union. union. This week, a grand buy is USDA choice, whole or half, untrimmed, boy, beef loin shells. But well, it's a mouthful of beef, 18 to 22 pounds. Oh, what a party. Custom cut your way, $1.39 a pound, plus Del Monte pears. And you'll love them pears. I don't know how you can confuse Del Monte pears with untrimmed beef loin shells of beef, 18 to 22 pounds. That's some party you're going to throw there, friend. Well, uh... I don't know. Let's get on with the Les Champ and then we'll return to our show. I mean, you know, they give me a couple of seconds in between all this stuff to do a little program on then. Oh, they're working on that. Uh, good news, friends. An exciting restaurant in New York is offering good food, good music, dancing, and good entertainment. Of course, that's news in New York. For a great evening, go to Les Champ. Les Champs. Les Champ. It's L-E-S-C-H-A-M-P-S. To all you guys from Queens, it's Les Champs. It's 25 East 40th Street. Got it? Uh, have a night on the town at Le Champ. It's not exactly on the town. You'll pay. Enjoy elegant surroundings, cocktails to live music, delicious continental cuisine, dance cheek to cheek in a softly lit atmosphere. And they say you can dance on anybody you care to dance with. So they are not making any value judgments there, friends. Uh, October second, they opened their uh, Le Champ Le Cabaret. Uh, their intimate upstairs room. So uh, you can really play it big. That's 25 East 40th between Park and Madison. Uh, reservations call LE2 6566. There are more telephone numbers on radio these days than in the Queen's phone book. When they keep saying, that's now repeat, that we want to repeat it. There's one on WINS <laughs> where the guy repeats the phone number, I counted it once, 43 times. In a 30 second commercial. In fact, they don't even have a place anymore for the commercial. They just come on and get the phone number over and over again. And they know there's enough uh, chowder heads out there that will call any number they hear on the radio. Just call it, you know. In fact, you know, speaking of numbers, have you ever, uh, you know, you, you got a wallet. You know, everybody's got a wallet. You know, nobody ever talks about wallets. It's a very private thing. You got a wallet, right? You got one, right? You too, Mark? Everybody, all right? Now, a wallet is something that's your own little thing, you know, and when you first get it, it feels very alien to you. It doesn't feel like a real wallet, you know? <laughs> you know, it's sort of lumpy, and, and it's stiff and all that, but gradually the wallet begins to assume the shape of your bottom, and, uh, you know, the wallet, it begins to mold itself to your psyche, and ultimately, if you, you know, if you're a true walking around male type, your wallet... Gets fat and fatter until it looks like you're carrying a small leather football in your pocket, or you got some kind of a tumor growing on your behind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It Gets fatter and fatter, and it, you know. And by the end of the year, see. So, how long do you keep a wallet? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get the uh, qualified here male, uh, uh, male uh, poll here. How long do you keep your wallet? About two years, roughly? How about you, Mark? Yeah, I'd say about two years, roughly. And then at that point, every time you pull it out of your pocket, stuff falls out of it, right? And, uh, you know, stuff you never put in there. That's when you start worrying. And it gets fat. It starts growing its own stuff. (laughs) Well, have you ever done this? You know, have you ever taken your wallet out, see, and you're going to change it to your new wallet, your stuff? And you start emptying the junk out, you know, and you pull all the stuff out and all those little... And you, you see all the stuff. There are all kinds of little folded-up pieces of paper and little scraps of envelopes. You and then you begin to find phone numbers. And you can't figure out what the hell is this phone number, see? Yeah, and and, and totally alien phone numbers. And It'll say uh, like uh, 649-7390, and you underlined it with, with a pencil about nine times. What the hell was that, see? And underneath it says Bert. He says Bert. What the hell? I, I, you, you, you figure it must be a girl or something, but it says Bert. All right, uh, Mr.
1: Grubbage. So what the hell? Who's this? And have you ever... <laughs> well, you know what I did here one time. Uh, it's funny, you know. Uh, if
0: if this is a curse that you have in your life, I want to warn you of one thing: don't call any of those numbers. You could open up a can of peas that never snaps. Now, this actually happened to me about three months ago, and I'm going to relate a horror story which of the kind... You'll think I invented it, but I did not. It is a typical horror story of 20th century modern, faceless, anonymous life. So I I got a new wallet, see. I figured well, about the time has come to get a new wallet, see. And I had this wallet that had been given to me uh, a couple of years prior to that. It was a genuine simulated Naugahyde ostrich skin wallet. It was really elegant, see simulated ostrich skin. Now, I don't know what real ostrich skin looks like, but this had kind of warts on it, so I suppose ostriches have warts. So I, you, you, I, I don't know. You know. So, I, you know, I kind of like this wallet. See, it had a shoulder strap. If it got too big, you could wear it over your back, you know, <laughs> carry it around town. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> now your wallet does not get too big because of the money in it. No, no, that's the trouble. It's a a kind of a walking-around wastebasket that you got in your pocket, see? Stuff you don't exactly need, but you don't exactly want to throw away. That's what gets in the wallet. Cards, my God. I don't mean cards from people. Strange cards of of organizations I didn't know I was ever in. Have my name typed on it. It says I was in it. For example, I have a card in my wallet that says, I am a member of the Turtles. Yeah, it says, Qualified Lifetime Member. And I've got a a membership number on it, 679. If there's any other Turtle members out there, I'm 679, gang. Now, I don't remember ever getting that card or or even joining the crowd. I don't recall going to a meeting of the Turtles. And uh, do they have meetings? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> terrible if all of a sudden I, I, it turns out that I'm a lifelong member of a subversive organization and I wind up in a can, you know <laughs> I said, we found the membership card right there there it is, he's member number 679 he's on the rolls, he's a turtle well, oh, jeez, no you know, <laughs> I'm serious, I'm a member of the turtle, so uh, nevertheless I, I take this wallet out there a couple of months ago, see, I, I figured it's time, to, time to, to put it in the new wallet which I'd also received as a gift and this wallet is a genuine simulated South American crocodile, crocodile skin wallet. It's got the same warts on it. So, uh, you know, I guess crocodiles are a lot like ostriches. I never see either one much. Do you? No, what the hell? You know, I don't know about their skin. They got all that stuff on them. I mean, I, you know, all those feathers sticking out of the ostrich. So, uh, nevertheless, I take the wallet out, see, and I and I... I couldn't believe it. I started emptying it out on the, on the desk, and the pile got bigger and bigger. I could not believe that that much could get in my wallet. It was a pile about oh, 08, 09, 10 inches high. It was about a foot and a half around, and a big, thick, and it started to expand, see, because a lot of this stuff had been in there two years and was compressed, see. It started to expand, and a big, big pile. So I said, oh, my God, I better change. I, I can't get it in my new wallet. All this stuff. So I started to look through the stuff, see, and I been pawing through it, and I come across this number, and it said the number was, well, it's I, six nine four six S J seven G T. And underneath it, it said, Mister Smedley, underlined, and it said call with an exclamation point after it. And I said, what the hell? Geez, I don't recall calling him. Maybe, maybe I really booted it. You know, that guy was probably going to make a life story of my, you know, make a movie of my life story or something. And I didn't call him. What was the matter with me? So I picked up the phone and I dialed the number. And the phone goes, eh, eh. You know, it was, it was actually there. See, eh, 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 eh. And finally a voice came up. Well, I said, well, I'm an I said, what was that? Uh, I couldn't get what the hell the company was. It went real quick, something associate, see? So I said, uh, uh, I'm calling for Smedley. And she goes, one moment, please. I'm on hold, you know. This, incidentally, is a basic fact of human existence in New York. Many people spend as much as a month or two, maybe three months out of a year on hold. You know, I—I there are just two kinds of people in this town. There's the people who are put on hold, and then there's the people who put other people on hold. And I'd love to get into that crowd. You know, that's like becoming an officer. You know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> now one moment, Mr. Sherman, you're on hold. Pop, you know, and to leave them on hold. I would love to leave guys on hold. You know, just I loved. Uh, for example, the other day, I left my mother on hold for three hours. Just let her know what it's about. You know. And uh, so finally, anyway, I'm sitting there on hold. And said, you know, Smedley, he sounds very important. You know, I'm on hold. And uh, and uh, five, ten minutes go by, and the voice keep coming in there saying, uh, Mr. Smedley is busy. I said, okay. And so more and more time goes by. And suddenly the phone pops again, and another voice comes on. It says,
1: who is calling, please?
0: I said, uh, well, uh... <laughs> Uh this is uh this is uh, Shepherd. Tell tell Smedley, Mr. Smedley that uh, Mr Shepherd is uh calling. He so? I said, uh, Mr Shepherd is calling Mr. Smedley. One moment please. Pop, I'm on hold again. She's telling Smedley, apparently. Well, there's a long pregnant pause and all of a sudden this voice comes on the line, he says, Hey Shepherd, where the hell were you? I says, excuse me, is this Smedley? Where the hell you think it is? I said, well, Smedley. I
1: said, excuse me, I said, the, yeah, I wanted to know who he was, what, what, the, what the business was or something. And he goes right into the thing. Did you know Louise was waiting? Louise waited for over a week, and you didn't show up. What the hell is this? I said, well, Smedley, I, 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 I'm
0: sorry, but, you know, I had trouble with the transmission in the car. He said, well, why you call? Why you say it? I said, well, Smedley, I tell you, I had trouble with the transmission in the car, and I was having valve trouble. And they took the car and out of the, and they said they couldn't have it for a week and a half. He said, well, damn it, Shepard, I don't want none of this stuff. And he hangs up. Well, I sat there for a the I said, who the hell, what, what did I do? What, what, who's Smedley? Who's Louise? Who did I let down? Where did I boot it? I sat there for a minute, you know, and there was a pile of other phone numbers, see? So I picked one up and I looked at it, you know, it says 694 6C5 six, L6GT. Six, it says, underneath it, this one said Marie. And this one was underlined seven times in red. Should I call it? You know? My God, after my, after, after my smedley moment, you know, I better you not know, get So I said, well, you know, you never know, you know. So I dialed this number, see? Uh, this number and,
1: you know he goes uh, instantly they pick it up and they say Gimbel's I said what she says Gimbel's I said Gimbals, I want to talk to Marie she said Marie we have no Marie here
0: I said oh thank you <laughs> who the hell gave me Gimbal's number and told me Marie lived there I didn't call no the other numbers I've got a whole pile of them in my desk now. I've got them all piled. There's little pieces of, of uh, envelope with numbers on them, cards with numbers written on the back. And you know what I'm thinking of doing? i got an idea. I'm thinking of hiring a guy, you know, going down to one of the unemployment places and saying, this a guy here want a job? Any of you guys? Of course, some guys are going to raise their hand and say, I'll say, i got two hours of work for one of you guys. And I'll bring him back here, and I'll have him call on him numbers. And I'll audition him first. I want a guy with a real tough voice. You know, come down out of there. Don't give me any of your lip. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to call it easy. And I, 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 uh, I just want you right now, please, right now, do it. This is uh, one of Shepard's instant psychological, sociological tests. Take your wallet out of your pocket right now and look in it. Just look in the back, you know, way down to the bottom where stuff drifts down, where you got the bills and all that stuff, way in the back. And just look at some of those numbers. See if you can find one. I'll guarantee you, practically every male who is in today's... <laughs> he opens... <laughs> oh, he's got a letter it is Oh, well, that's self-explanatory, isn't it? Be careful. I mean, be careful. I know one guy one day who, uh, in the very presence of his wife, took his po- wallet out of his pocket. It was a two-and-a-half-year-old wallet, and it exploded right there. And, you know, it just fell apart, and a lot of stuff went under the kitchen sink and that, you know, and he thought he had it all. Well... She called a number, but I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to suggest that there's uh, hanky panky going on out there among uh, you know the people who listen to this show. Obviously, there, this is a superior group. Uh, it's a group uh, who wouldn't be caught dead doing that. You know, you know, bad stuff. You don't believe in bad stuff, do you, Mark? Now, I any mean, of you guys in there? How about you? No bad stuff. Nah, I didn't think so. And I don't think any of the people that are listening tonight would be guilty of any of that kind of stuff. Double dealing? No. No, no. No, listen, I know one guy up here at the station that, that goes into one of the offices here where they got four lines. He has been known to have four girls on four different lines, three of them on hold. But be careful of one thing, friends. One time I'm in the phone booth here on on 42nd Street down at Liggett's there. I pick up the phone, see, and I dial his number in the... Uh, and I'm, I'm put on hold, and all of a sudden I hear these voices coming on. Yeah, Have you ever heard faint conversations going on? Reedy faint in the background. Things like, well, I'm going to kill you, you rotten bum. And you're hearing this thing. What the hell am I listening to? see? oh, yes, be careful. That hold button can be a bomb. Oh, yeah. Listen, did you ever call a guy up and turn, and it turns out he's recording your conversation? Did that ever happen to you? Well, knowingly it didn't. Well, it has happened to me. One time a guy, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking to a guy one day. Listen, what happened? I'm telling you, I'm talking to a guy. I thought he was a friend of mine. See, I got him on the phone, and I'm saying, "Hello, Earl." And he says, "Yeah, how are you?" And I said, "How the hell are you? Where you been?" He says, "How the hell are you?" And we're going back, you know, the usual thing. All of a sudden, there's a thing goes ping, and suddenly I hear another voice coming in on the line, and it's my voice saying the same thing over again. The damn thing rewound. It says, "Hello, Earl, how are you?" I said, "Wait a minute, I'm on the line again. Just a minute, Earl." And I, well, you know, the whole thing fell apart. I hung up. I ain't called him since. My God! Listen, I know one guy that went out and bought himself one of these machines. You know that uh, that takes the phone calls automatically. You know, it got to answering them. Not only that, it got to calling up people on its own. And uh, you know, you never control. <laughs> oh, I tell you, it was having an affair with another machine all the way across town. I go, oh mess. Uh, would you please, if you will, just a little more of that romantic music, please, please, just sneak it in there. Yes. I thought you might need a little soothing at this point, friends. I mean, we have a thing called a nervousness quotient in modern life. It rises and falls like the waves. It rises and then hits a peak like the tides. It's called the nervousness quotient. And uh, we're bringing you, for this one brief instant, ten seconds of soothing music to uh, kind of quell the nervousness there. Spill water, you know, spill water on the water there. Thank you. It's a public service. I mean, it's not good music, really, basically, but it's uh, it uh, kind of soothes your nerves, right? I mean, you know? I mean, it's had a call for the brain. That's it. You know what had a call was? Uh, it's pretty good stuff. And the old lady, you know, oh, that's enough. Uh, hold it, hold it, that's enough, that's enough. We don't want to soothe them too much. I mean, you got to keep them on their toes. I mean, you get soothed and you're liable to be a sitting duck, man. One thing you don't want in the jungle is to relax. I mean, mean the the, the worst thing that can happen to a lion, you know. He's tough, man. He's the king of the jungle, right? And he walks around. All of a sudden, he says, you know, it's not a bad day. Oh, boy. I think I'll rest. I just, you know, everything's under control. And he lays out under that uh, African plane tree and takes a nap. It is at that point that the hyenas start moving in. They never relax. And if a hyena relaxes, his friend next to him, his brother hyena, wakes him up. Says, don't rest, hyena. We're after the lions. (laughs) And if you think you're a lion, buddy, be careful. The horn blows for you. That's beautiful. The horn blows at midnight. A spectacular movie. You ever get a chance to see it? That's a great did you ever see it? Oh yeah. The horn blows at midnight. And it's its sister great epic, George Washington, slept here. You mean you never saw that one? Starring the same guy. Oh well, doesn't matter. Don't you know who those movies starred? American Vice President Charles G. Dawes. Yes, magnificent with his pipe and everything there. All right, here's a bit of trivia. What president, the only president that ever played football against the great Jim Thorpe, what president did that? What president played football, big-time football, by the way, intercollegiate, against Jim Thorpe? Yes, it was not President Ford. You're wrong. He ain't that old. What president played against Jim Thorpe? What vice president wrote a standard piece of music that was used for many years as the theme of one of the most popular radio programs in all of American entertainment history? A vice president of the United States wrote the music is this? Why am I the only smart one in the crowd? Why do I know these things? Incidentally, the same president, by the way, held the record for many years for the longest run from scrimmage of his particular institution of higher learning. And the record was only broken a couple of years ago, okay? He was a good ball player. This is WOR New York. You stay tuned for In Conversation.